Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Before we get into the message this evening, and I am just going to give you the first half this afternoon. Uh, don't want to keep you long. Watching online, there's, there's just a shorter attention span. But before we get into the message, did you hear about the blonde that was driving to Disneyland? She was so excited. Her first trip ever to Disneyland. She's on the highway when she notices a road sign and it said, Disneyland left. She pulled over to the side of the road and started crying and sobbing just uncontrollably and turned around and went home. Think about it. Think about it. Okay. You got to figure that one out. It's dumb. I know it's dumb, but anyway. Why church is essential? Why church is essential? You know, a few weeks ago, President Trump declared church being essential. And it is whether he declares it or not. But nonetheless, he, he made that statement popular. And I, and I have found out a lot of preachers have run with that uh, title. So we've been looking at why church is essential. And uh, I preach on that because uh, pastors are concerned that people being absent from church from a prolonged period of time might tempt some church members to believe a lie that church isn't essential they've been out of church for a while, they might be thinking, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, I kind of like it, some might think. Uh, I didn't like some things about church to begin with, some of them might say, and others might conclude, you know, I'm just as good a Christian without church as I am with church. And Satan can use any unusual scenario Uh, when we get out of our routine to shake us up and cause us to believe a lie. And this is particularly tempting in a practical sense. Think about this. Church requires discipline and dedication. You you must dedicate a Sunday, the bulk of a Sunday, a Wednesday evening. Uh, You have to put up with some people that you don't particularly agree with you, you you have to listen and apply and study uh, you have to be willing to have your sto- toes stepped on so it can be easy to drift away from all of that but even understanding that I want to emphasize the fact that yes for us Christians don't go there because church truly is essential and by essential I repeat what I said last week It's absolutely necessary. It is indispensable. It is of the utmost importance. Now, let me review real quick up to this point. We've said already that the church was indispensable, or it was essential because it is the pillar and ground of the truth. Remember 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15? It talks about the church and it says, It is the pillar and ground of the truth. That's not said of any other organization on the face of the earth. I mean, it is the church, when it speaks 
using God's Word and guided by the, the influence of the Holy Spirit, it is always going to speak the truth. You may not get truth out of politicians sometimes. You may not get truth out of your neighbors sometimes. But one organization is the pillar and ground of the truth. So we need to recognize that church is essential because it's the pillar and ground of the truth. Then last week we said church is essential because that is where you find evangelists, pastors, teachers for instructing believers to experience the blessings of the fullness of, well, I should say, of Christ, not of the Christ, but of Christ. Okay? You only get that at the church. Pastors, evangelists, and teachers, they are God-called, God-ordained, placed in churches, and they are there to help you grow in the Lord. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And he goes on to say, to, to perfect a man, grow a man into the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ. Any individual, any Christian's highest achievement in this life is not money or fame or fortune. It's being Christ-like. And that can be a grandma, that can be a kid, that can be a teenager. And God has given us people in the church to help us to achieve that. So that's the purpose of the church. Now, tonight, we're going to start and look at the fact that the church is essential, number three, because of the necessity of mutual encouragement. The necessity for mutual encouragement. That means you go to church to receive encouragement and to give encouragement. You may say, I don't need encouragement. Well, somebody else may need encouragement. Do you ever think about them? That you need to be there to give them encouragement? That's the calling of the church. Look at what it says in verses 24 and 25 of Hebrews chapter 10. Two of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And let us, the church, consider one another. Don't just think about yourself that I don't like going to church or I do like going to church. Let us consider one another to provoke or encourage or to motivate them unto love and to good works. You're to have a positive influence on people. Therefore, he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. It is always a temptation for some to drop out of Sunday school, drop out of Wednesday night, then drop out of Sunday morning, then Sunday afternoon. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, as we get further towards the last days, we shouldn't be doing less church. We should be doing more church. Understand, the flesh, Satan, and the world are hostile to our faith. And so we need encouragement. And in our faith, our only source of encouragement, humanly speaking, are our brothers and sisters in Christ who are at the church to counter our flesh, to counter the temptation, to counter the world, to counter Satan. You go to church to provoke one another, encourage one another unto love and to good works. Now, Paul is writing this to, well, it doesn't really say who wrote Hebrews. Most theologians think it was Paul. I may refer to it as Paul but the writer of Hebrews. What's the situation here? He's writing to the Hebrews. These were Jews, first-generation Christians, Jews that had converted to Christianity. 
And as a result of that, they had become a despised and persecuted minority. And life had gotten really hard for them. And many of them were having second thoughts about this whole, pardon me if you will, this whole Jesus thing. And the writer of Hebrews knew that they were tempted to abandon their faith. And they were contemplating returning back to their Judaism. So in response to that, and because of that, the writer, possibly Paul, was concerned that they might drift. During difficult times, Satan, our flesh, and the world is going to tempt us to drift or to slip. Look at what he writes to these Hebrews. Therefore, we, believers, ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. He said, we need to really, when we're going through tough times, we need to focus as never before on things we've heard. We need to heed those things, lest at any time we should let them slip. And then he goes on to say, skip, skip a verse down to verse number three. He reminds them, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. He's saying there's going to be consequences if we neglect our faith, if we neglect our salvation. The writer of Hebrews was very, very concerned that these people going through tough times might find themselves slipping away in danger of neglecting their salvation. If there is one concern I have heard from preachers, it's that. The vast majority of their people, Bible-believing churches, Bible-teaching preachers, their people are showing maturity, and the Lord is blessing them. But all of us have a concern that along the way we might lose somebody, that somebody might slip, somebody might neglect their salvation. Warren Wearsby says this. You can read it here on the screen. The danger here is that of neglecting our salvation. Please note the author did not write rejecting, but neglecting. You're not going to church. You're not coming on Wednesday night. You might be tempted, oh, I'll catch the video later on, online and then never do it. That's neglecting. He's not encouraging sinners to become Christians. Rather, he is encouraging Christians to pay attention to the great salvation they have received from the Lord. So the problem would be just neglecting. Well, I'm not going to church. Uh, maybe I'll tune in for, for sharing, you know, an opportunity for ladies to be fed. Well, I'll, I'll pick it up later and you never get around to it. Could that be the equivalent of neglecting? Or I, I could, you know, Saturday morning, 7.30, you know, I, I don't know. That's who my, Could that be neglecting? Or just not tuning in on Wednesday night or showing up on... It's just not the same being out there in the parking lot. It's just not... Well, no, it's not the same. But the preaching's the same. The Word of God's the same. The Holy Spirit's the same. Could, could Satan just be planting a lie in somebody's minds? You say, well, could it really be pre presenting a problem? Read this from the Christian Post. This is staggering. Nearly half of churchgoers haven't watched an online service in the last four weeks. Churchgoers, half, have not watched 
a church online service in the last four weeks, I think we could confidently say these people are churchgoers and they, they had the opportunity to watch their church online. And it says only of the, of the half that are watching, only 40% of those have watched their services of their church. So the writer of Hebrews back then had reason to be concerned when they were going through tough times and pastors today have reason to be concerned. Now I don't think this represents our church. I hope not. I don't think it does. But this also, there's, a, there's another lesson to be learned here that I think validates a concern that me and other Bible-believing preachers have had for years, that a lot of these churches are just superficial, feel-good, emotional, uh, you know, it, it, uh, parties, you know, at rock concerts. And if I can't go to the rock concert, I don't need it. You know, I think that's a real, real problem there. So Paul says here, don't let your faith slip or drift. Listen to this. This is a great quote. Drift is always to evil. It is by struggle that we advance heavenward. Or Christ-likeness. If you don't get anything else I say tonight, take this to heart. Drift is always to evil. Brother, Brother Jamie and... Nobody drifts towards Christian maturity. It's intentional, and it's hard work. And that's why times like these, when you're out of the habit of taking part in the things that build you, that it can be dangerous. You have to work to maintain your faith. You have to be intentional in keeping your faith. You have to resist the temptation of getting out of routine, getting out of sequence, and before you know it, you drift. And when you drift... Or when you neglect, you're not going to grow. You are going to always, Christians drifting, Christians slipping, are always going to be heading in the wrong direction. Here's another quote concerning that. Drifting is something that happens quite automatically when we're not anchored to anything solid. If we're not anchored in the superiority of Jesus, we will drift with the currents of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And if you know of a church member in your church, in our church, that's drifting, you need to give them a call. You need to lovingly encourage them. If that doesn't work, you may need to lovingly admonish them. Now, it's the easiest thing in the world to drift, especially when you get out of a habit. But we're doing everything in our power to minister to you, to maintain a semblance of, 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 of normalcy. This Wednesday night prayer meeting, uh, Sunday, meeting together here at church. And we're going to increase that. We're doing everything in our power. It is so important for us to understand that. So, we're going through some tough times. But I do believe that things are getting better, and I think we're going to be the better for it when it's all said and done. We're not going to waste this bad experience. Let me end with this one quote this evening. Talking about encouraging one another assembling together so you can encourage one another or provoke. The duty here intended is a serious and fixed setting of the mind upon that which we hear. A bending of the will to yield unto it. An applying of the heart to it. A placing of the affections upon it. And bringing the whole man into a holy conformity thereunto. In other words, the writer of Hebrews was very concerned about people going through a tough time. 
he knew they were rethinking this whole Jesus thing, if you will. And he is encouraging them. No, the church is essential. Be as much a part of it as you can possibly be. Right now, tonight, it means those of you that are tuned in, you are as much a part of Myo Baptist Church as you can possibly be. Sunday morning, when we have, give you the opportunity to be here, that's as much a part as you can be. And we're provoking one another. We're encouraging one another. You pull in this parking lot, I see you walking out on that field with your lawn chair. You are a huge encouragement to me, and I'm going to stand up on that platform and try to be a huge encouragement to you. But remember, do nothing and you will drift. Get out of your spiritual disciplines and you will drift. And it's always towards evil. To be godly, to be spiritually mature, does require effort, does require some self-discipline, does require character. But it pays a whole lot better than that other direction pays. And the other direction, when you drift towards evil, that's when husbands and wives are fighting and cussing and yelling at the kids and drugs are showing up and alcohol and whatever. But where you put in the work and the time and the effort, that's the family that sits down and joins hands and prays over their meal and prays for each other. And they're not a perfect family, but they're a loving family. And the kids respect and admire mom and dad. The writer of Hebrews was concerned about people drifting. Make sure that's not you. We're here to encourage you. If you're struggling, give me a call. Give Brother Jamie a call. Give our wives a call. We love you. And we, we're going to get back to normal sooner than later. Be patient with us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you Sunday. The only thing that would mess Sunday up, we've got to have weather that cooperates. If the weather doesn't cooperate, we'll let you know, and we'll just do a Facebook Live right here from the auditorium. Otherwise, we love you, we miss you, we hope to see you on Sunday. Let me have a word of prayer, and we will be dismissed. Dear Lord, thank you for our church family. And Lord, to my knowledge, as far as I know, our church family is showing maturity, showing a love for you, a love for each other. And I thank you for that. May they receive from Jamie and I and from our staff, Lord, and from one another, great encouragement. May we provoke one another to love. There's so much hate in the world. There's bitterness. There's riots. Our job, Lord, is to provoke and encourage one another to love and to good works. And there's no other institution on the face of the earth that has that commission and that opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for bringing us together as a church family. Watch over our church family. Provide for them, Lord. Keep them healthy. Those dealing with health issues right now, Lord, give them great peace, Lord, and give them great help through your healing and through the help of doctors and nurses. Bless our church family, Lord. We look forward to seeing one another again this Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, Lord. Bless our time together this Sunday afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. We miss you. We'll see you Sunday. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. 
If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.